secure your necessary muffin repository by visiting us at utilitymuffinlabs.com, on Facebook at Utility Muffin Labs, on Twitter at 25 Years of VTM or Utility Muffins, all one word, on Instagram at Utility Muffin Labs, one word. Support the labs on Patreon at patreon.com slash 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, and finally, adorn your human form with our t-shirts at tpublic.com slash users slash Utility Muffin Labs. Utility Muffin Labs, think homogenous. This is 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade, a retrospective podcast brought to you by UtilityMuffinLabs.com. Welcome to another episode of 25 Years of Vampire the Masquerade. My name is Nathan. And I'm Bob. And today we are going to be reviewing the revised edition of Clan Book Ravnos. And um, I, I would say initially my reread of this clan book, this is probably after going through 95% of these clan books so far, this is like the most revisioned revised book. Would you agree? Yeah, like a like the vast. If if by revision you mean like there was a lot of, well, let's face it, they the last one was so pro Romani, right? Mm-hmm. That it was like that's all the clan is. This one like gave them like a paragraph. No, yeah, basically what what I, we come to surmise early on in this clan book is that the history we've been given, and and this is their rationalization or my interpretation of such. The history that we were given in the old clan books is just a kind of a Western perspective on this clan and completely inaccurate to what this clan is. And then we learn that essentially this is a clan that emerges from the East, from India, and all that Romani stuff is just kind of like horseshit nonsense. Right. Essentially, they kind of prepare you for it, too. It's the first book. Like we've always said, I'm pretty sure every clan podcast for the revised, we were like, you're going to notice some changes here. But remember, it's kind of like a, a an aspect of the clan was told from a different perspective of another clan member, blah, blah, blah. Right. This one, they took a quote from Ambrose Beers from the Devil's Dictionary and defines it off the bat, right? It says history. Uh, history stands for an account mostly false of events mostly unimportant, which are brought about by rulers mostly knaves and soldiers mostly fools. Right. And, and to me, it just speaks of the whole book, right? Where it's like, ah, we know what you heard before, but, right, you know, that's it, that's not what happened. And then here's here's what's really going down, right? And uh, they're they're going to tell us um, not only a new history or, or a history that we were uninitiated on uh, before, but also this clan it has undergone drastic changes due to things that have happened in the world of darkness. And here's something cool that I do like about this book, right? Like we said a revision and, you right. know, really I think there was mixed feelings, right? Right. Cause we kind of riff on clan Ravnor, right? Especially from the first perspective, it's like, you're here, but you really doesn't explain why you got super cool things. Right. And, you know, and then you're just really like the bully boys of the, of the kindred race, right? You're just like these, these asshole vampires running around causing trouble with no definable reason as to why. Right. You know, so I'm really getting into it. This one, like they fixed that they provide a wealth of history, but even then history seems to be somewhat a subterfuge, right? Right. Uh, over, over what may really be going on. And it, 
and it, it leaves a good flavor in your mouth. I think it's good that they took that approach. However, I still find myself sitting here looking at it kind of going, it, it didn't help improve my feelings of the clan as a no. whole. And here's why I will tell you this reading through the first section here, which is like the new history, the revised history of this clan. Um, I was talking yesterday and when I reread through this, I feel like it is so, it's so mired in the terms and the language of this, this other, uh, sort of origin story that I feel like I, I, I was put into like a, like an anthropology class, right? Like, like, a um, like a social anthropology, but I didn't ask to do that. Right. So <laughs> to me, what I'm seeing here, what my full understanding of this clan is, is that in the original clan book, it was kind of offensive to some people and rightly so. Right. It, it's, it's basically taking a clan of criminals. And in this book, they tell you they're all criminals and sort of interjecting it into a culture sort of bad reputation right bad association like we don't need to like take a group of vampires and associate them with another class of people who are kind of marginalized and right. so they did they removed that and then they sort of put them into another culture that's like a really vast intricate culture and then they were like here take all of this information now and digest it because that's what this actually is and it's like it's like it swung too far over to the other side, right? Like to me, I, I can't digest any of this because it's so culturally different. And it's the same reason why I don't like Kindred of the East. I just don't, I don't have the brain for it. And like, I'm, I'm here to play a game, right? I'm here to enjoy that game and I will never remember any of this. So I can't effectively play this clan because I can't effectively remember all this stuff, digest it pronounce it like i can't pronounce most right. of the words it's, that are on here it's it's a deep it's deep it's steeped in indian culture right? right and it's something that's vastly alien to the to the western world for a lot of people from the states especially like we hear of india we know what, what india has and to, to the religion somewhat but really we don't have their culture down and definitely not the language right. and that's that's the hardest part right. when every other line is referring you to the lexicon the lexicon's at the beginning it really becomes like you're trying to pass a course on Clan Ravno. Yeah, right. A absolutely. That's uh, like a um, cultural anthropology class that I didn't know I was signing up for. However, for though there's hope, right? Because uh, me being me, I did sit here and I, and I tried to make sense mm -hmm. of a lot of what was going on, understanding the terms. Right. And I think I could take a stab at what they're saying at the beginning of this. Right. Of what it comes from, right? And uh, if you're ready to move forward anyway. No, absolutely. I'm ready to move forward because, um, I, you know, that's my initial assessment, right? It's not my final verdict, but yeah, right, definitely. Because right. there's a part two, there's a postscript to that. And, and that's, there, there's, there's more. So all of those things there that you've just mentioned, Bob, I don't think that they inherently make the clan bad. And they're not even why I don't particularly care for the clan, right? They, right to me that's that's great right they did research and it's not their fault i'm too dumb to understand right it's not their fault i don't and, you know what and, i gotta counter that i don't i don't think you're dumb right I, I, I'm, I, I'm just using that as in jest right like it's just right. it's just not connecting with me but, but it's what not, i'm saying is that if it didn't connect to you right and even i had difficulty understanding 
then it's possible, just possible, we don't want to play Ravno. <laughs> right, right? right? It's it's something you gotta want. Right. And that's and that's what it comes down to. Now here's something funny. I'll I'll point this out. I've never wanted to play Ravno. Ever. Right. It's never appealed to me. I always always refer to um the kids who wanted to jump up and start arguments about Chimerastry in the middle of LARPs and tabletop games. Right. Right. It's the first go to and it's put such a bad taste in my mouth. I was like, what a stress to storytellers everywhere. Mm-hmm. I just I just won't be that guy and we'll move on. It's one clan I could deal with not dealing with them and maybe they're cool NPCs, but I found I'm I'm even right on that. I've not seen them played as NPCs. Right. You know, it's mm-hmm. always the Maverick one-off player who thinks they know it. And what I got to say about that is is granted we're doing a book review. Um I'm just stating that this book was written to where it's like I kind of feel answers that. Mm-hmm. It says that if you want to play a Ravno and play it the way they intended, you're going to sift through the lexicon. You're going to make it your own. Right. Right. Because Clan Asimite has a ton right. of lexicon related oh, words yeah, to absolutely. it. But, you know, I admittedly, I am a recovered cane bro. You know, <laughs> I loved I loved being an assassin. Like that stuff was awesome to me. It was cool to me. And then they were like, yeah, well, guess what? Time to learn some Middle Eastern culture. Deal right. with it. And right. as I was learning about it. And looking at the words, I was I was immersed in that world that they they use for the fiction of Clan Asimite, and it dawned on me, I get looked at weird spouting off terms because nobody cares to learn them, and they're not interested in that. Right. But I was, and so I was like, okay, cool. Well, let's try to really struggle and understand what a Ravno is, and maybe I've been seeing it wrong. Right. Well, and and, and that's, that's that's the that's thing too. Like like uh, you saying that. I'm reading through this stuff and there is just this, there's this feeling that is sort of settled upon me of, I find this clan book both good and annoying. And also <laughs> it makes me want to play this clan. That that's, that that's really what, what's coming, what I'm taking away from it. Like I've played a Ravnos before I played them in a very, I would say, incredibly stereotypical sense because that was what I knew, right? I, I just, that's what was provided. That's what I knew. That's what I played. I played like the traditional European Roma. That's what I knew. I was like, right. well, I, I must be doing it right because this is what they, you know, but reading through this book makes me want to play something different, right? Something completely different than what I had played before, what my experience was before once, right? I played once in 20 some years so yeah this book annoys the shit out of me but also it inspires me so and i agree with you that's what i'm taking away from it now let's touch on why the uh the clan is so drastically changed in addition to the fact that they're essentially the frontline war against the kwai jen there's one other thing in here that's really important in the history and and Sorry. I, I, no, I think you know where I'm going with it because we've already talked about it in another podcast. Well, uh, actually, tie that off because actually, I didn't draw that line. I was still stuck on, hey, man, I think I figured it out. So, what are you referring to? I'm, <laughs> I'm just I'm referring curious. to the, the week of nightmares. Oh, yeah, 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 of course. The history part, right, is one mm-hmm. of the differences just to start into that. Yeah. I love how it vastly, their, their, their take on it, right? They, this person tells you off the bat they were wounded and being chased by what's known as a Panagalon, right? It's the Japanese vampire, the vampire myth. Mm-hmm. The Panagalon is allegedly a dead creature that still lives that could detach its head at night and fly around with its <laughs> spine attached. Yeah. And that's how it feeds. Right. right. <laughs> and I love that they include the Panagalon in that. Right. 
because there's also a kindred of the east vampire that can do something similar right but i was looking at a kindred of the east book and i didn't flat out find it granted i didn't put my heart into the search but i knew where it came from and easily you can pull it up in the internet mm-hmm. and read all about it right. and i kind of enjoyed the fact the western thought process that this person went to go check all over india for some research about the clan itself and this is post week of nightmares right and what right. they found is a series of havens where there were Ravno elders lying there drained of all their blood, but not diabolized. Right. You know, just laying out and they just went in and took their stuff and then chose to burn them. You know, and I was, I was blown away by that. And that actually hooked me into continue reading. And so a lot of this is like someone bitching. They were put to task because they were trying to re-knit their arm to their body right. while trying to explain what these origins were. And off the bat, they say they refer to this word and I'm going to butcher this. Yes, uh, yes the, you uh, are. <laughs> yeah, the Karavalanisha Vrana. Right, and which, which translates refer- to the Wounds of the Night Sword. Right, it's it's an epic poem. Uh, it tells about the er- the early origins of Clan Ravno. And, and what's interesting about it is that off the bat, they tell you that basically there's like a thousand demons right in the world. And to counter, what they had to do was uh, basically create something from the dead. Right to be able to compete with them, right? Didn't they take the person, the mortal who was savage the worst? They're like demons who fight demons, right? Right, and and that entity they created, it, it was humble beginnings. I know, I know, it was the most tortured mortal who had been wronged by these demons. Mm-hmm. Like someone ran through their thing, and they said, "We're going to gift you with a power, and that power is to make more like you, so you can outnumber your foes and take these demons out." And the demons have another name we'll butcher: the uh, Ashura Tizaya. It's it's that's the word, but right. I I'm positive I don't know what the hell I'm no, saying. No. So, and this goes to that cultural difficulty piece, right? It's hard to remember a word you can't even pronounce, right? Right. And, e- um, even even the progenitor they give a uh, uh, a name for the Ravnos progenitor, and it's like Zapathasura, and even that like is I difficult. think that's close. That's that's like me stumbling through like a grade school child, you know, like Zap. I gotta sound it out. I gotta use context clues. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> but I think that's cool and unique, right? Because before the vampires were always this evil thing, right? Right? It wasn't it wasn't a thing of good, and it's like the gods were like, no, we we have a, we have all these demons running around all over India, and we need to combat them, so we make this being, and this being comes from the most tortured victim that they ever took, so he would have a reason to drive forward and and, and kill them all and get rid of them, right? And so there and there you go. And what's interesting though is that tied into this. They name specific things, right? It's an undead thing that has to drink blood that creates more, right? Which we know it's it's a vampire they're talking about, mm-hmm. right? That's a slam dunk. But then it goes forward and it even adds, uh, you know, some interesting things like the Zapathasura has traits that they gave them uh, to enable it to to battle them, like the ability to talk to animals, right? To aid them in its help and to resist grievous amounts of damage that no one would ever be able to stop, and the ability to use uh, the Maya, which is their their version of well, it's chimeristry, right? Illusory magic to be able to trick the tricksters because the demons yeah. definitely do that. It, it's the ability to manipulate reality. I think I go. think Maya specifically refers to reality in this context. Fair enough, and that's and that's kind of a it, it blew my mind just mm. that origin thought, right? Right. Because before, what did we know of the Ravno? You were some weirdos who ran around uh, talking about the path of paradox and returning things to a certain wheel and cycle, but you couldn't even articulate and explain what that wheel and cycle was. Well, yeah, and they, and they, they talk about, too, how essentially that quote-unquote path of paradox is like a false path of paradox, right? Right. 
and and they kind of talk about how the the clan originated here um in in India and then there was a group that traveled out of India and as they traveled out of India they sort of like lost touch and like their their explanation for the truth sort of changed and they kind of became like a bastardized version of the clan. And um, so from here we yeah. kind of see where, you know, clan Rambo takes on almost a heroic bent, right? Mm-hmm. Which looking at a lot of India's stories, you know, they have a lot of morals, right? Morality, heroes triumphing, their own heroes uh, triumphing over in, impassable odds, right? Self-sacrifice, just a lot. I mean, it's an, it's an ancient culture. They're going to have quite a bit uh, to sift and go through. And this just tips its toe in the water with a version of it right but right. then they go even further right because Zarathustra obviously makes his own but they're like they're like a brood as they refer to it right the first brood and uh who they end up making are some pretty interesting characters like the name that stuck out with me was Ravana, right mm-hmm. because Ravana in in revised books used to refer to it people assumed that was the alternate name of Anoya, right right but in here they kind of clear that up they're like Ravana is ravno is a ravno descendant but Anoya is the gangrel bastard, right? And they're confused on that. They're like, you know, is is was was Anoya the gangrel, or is the gangrel clan really a descendant of the Ravno clan? Right. Well, but, and but they, it's sorry, just, no. I was just gonna I was gonna piggyback off of that and and talk about like very briefly. They talk about this quote unquote the gangrel heresy. Yeah. And I remember from the original clan book, the issues with the gangrel clan were like pages of text about like we the gangrel and fuck the gangrel and now it's like it's a half a page and and they move on so it's like even that it's mentioned but it's clearly not as important as it was in the original context they just know that gangrel the descendants are quite violent right and that they specialize in killing ravno they mention that right as a possible purpose as to what they are they don't even know what 100 percent that is or if it's true they just know that the ravno and gangrel sure do fight a lot right from that point (laughs) forward and in this book that's like well here's the reason it's like what what the hell are you talking about um ravana is also one of the because all the children have a purpose right some see visions some are supposed to see to the uh wanderlust that they are afflicted with and kind of prevent these campanias that's where the rom kind of come in they give a head nod to right and then um there's a fury day which are the seers right of the ravno these little subsects which are more or less like family descendants right like little sub lineages within the ravno themselves why I'm always fascinated is Ravana. I went on about how there was a an ancient demon that lived on top of a mountain in India and caused all this havoc and all this harm and was really a terrible thing to behold. And it was a cool story. Mm-hmm. It's referenced here, but it does not give the detail that I go into because now I'm certain it's because it's in the novels. Right. Where, where they refer to, I'm not certain if it's a vision or an actual chapter, but they get into it and they talk about that's what it is. And people mistake Ravana for being the antediluvian from the week of nightmares, but they're not the same. But what that guy does and why it's important here, because when you go through and read about Ravana, it talks about how he allegedly bargained uh, with actual demons for power greater than what the gods could give. And he was able to walk into the sun and do all this other stuff. Uh, but more importantly, he makes, because it's Chimerish, right? And just to talk about how nightmarish it is. They absolutely know, as Rav know, that if they wanted to, they could get together and use their trickery and make literal heavens or hells of places they exist in. Right. It's in their blood to do so. This guy, Ravana, did exactly that. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they, they wanted him dead, but this dude disappears. This is often how these, and even the guy says it in here, it's often how these ancient stories go, right? Right. 
the evil dark guy leaves and every clan seems to have that offshoot evil right that just kind of books it right it, and, you know, no one no one really ever starts from a perspective where they're not the good guy in the situation right no one's no one's ever like we're the fucking evil one like it's very rare that you find that like we're the good guys this is our story follow along with us and then we get into the modern nights where you're like mm, but really are you i gotta bust a bubble too some people are gonna say it and i love doing this because it's those who like treat this like the life's blood to know every detail right you remember being in larps and people said oh man Enoch existed like BC, like 10,000, 6,000 BC, somewhere in there. Right. And they make it seem like they read this from like White Wolf <laughs> Tells All, and we only, we only mailed it to a special few. And right now it's that asshole standing in front of you. It's not, right? That exact ratio is mentioned in here in, the, in this Brave No Clan book as being <laughs> yeah. the guess of the author who's not even certain. Right. It's weird how you were. It's weird how you were created by things that didn't exist before this like it's 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 very much reading through the canon of white wolf of vampire the masquerade you start to learn as you see the whole picture that there is no fundamental truth right there is no one actual truth but what we do know from this book and from a book that we reviewed already well definitely the antediluvians exist and they wake up that much we know, right? We didn't. Right. We didn't have time to ask why he was mad or she was mad. We just had to deal with whatever that was. It's uh, it, there's no fundamental truth because it's written from so many different perspectives, and it's just it's lost history. It's oral tradition. And what I like about it when it's written that way, they did it obviously so you can add what is true and what isn't. Right. You make it concrete as the ST or the players. But the other cool thing is, let's say you didn't. Right. Well, now you have some cool stories that you can use as in-game props. I mean, they virtually made it to where every clan book is a philosopher's stone of entertainment. Right. You know, up to what you choose to make it. Absolutely. But if you're think, but if you're thinking the typical LARP mentality, well, if it's not facts I could stand on and quote to the pulpit, then what worth is it? I won't get any of the clan books. That's where you get past, right? Right. Because the wealth of knowledge and creativity from author to author gives you more topics to discuss more things to look into more culture right for and, the clan that you could go in and, and also i think that it, it's imperative that we we mention that like we talked about how every every founder was the hero of their own story like every clan is the good guy in there like you are the hero of your own tale right so <laughs> if if you're if you're telling your tale or you're telling your clan's tale that is the the facts are the the bruja were the virtuous, you know, the the venture were the guy, you know, like you are telling your own tale through your clan. So yeah, it's your history. You're the good guy I, in that history. And I don't know how you tell your talk about your heroic family line, man, we're the shit. Mm -hmm. Whenever I tell that story, you know, <laughs> well, I mean, you always, you, you focus on your strengths and you ignore your weaknesses or you go, yeah, you know, this happened once, but it was really, it was a way for us to get over some of our shortcomings and also emerge the winner, you know, the, the true victor. That's what you want to keep in mind. Whatever this tale is, and I really, like, I've been chomping at the bit here, and I know, like, you probably want to go into deeper detail about the history of this clan, but... I, oh, I, no, I'm ready. I, I need to really get into why I hate this clan book <laughs> so much. And I hate this clan book so much because we, we get this revisionist history... We get rid of the Roma, quote unquote, gypsy thing that everyone hates about this clan. And 
we start to develop like, oh, this is kind of a cool clan. You know, they separate into like caste systems. They're almost kind of like the Asimites. It's weird. Like they're fighting this holy war and now they're all dead. And that's why I'm like, really? You just drug me along this journey that I knew I was going along. Like I knew what was happening. But also it's all fucking meaningless because the Antediluvian wakes up. There's a huge war and all but like a hundred of these, uh, these Ravnos are dead. So Right. And, and to what end? Right. It's like that's the thing that, that gets me the most. Like, why? I, I have a theory about it. my theory is they were like, hey, if you want to continue to use the Ravnos in your game, this is the true history. Roll this out in your game. But also, if you're like us and you hate this fucking clan, here's a way to easily get rid of them. Right. They're all dead, except for a scant few, most of them being the younger ones, because essentially an ancient woke up and there was there was a, a hundred atomic bombs that went off. So here you go. Have a nice day. I, I feel like they they did this on purpose and they did this on purpose because they wanted to touch both bases. If this clan was too offensive for you, good, they're dead. Thank you. Have a nice day. You don't need to use them. If they weren't too offensive for you, but you realize that they are offensive, here's a change of their, you know, their trajectory. Here's a change of their path. Figure it out for yourself. I like to think, and this is the piggyback, but I think that process went a little more real, you know, because that's a very intelligent way it happened. I like to think they sit down in a room mm-hmm. and like, well, we got Clan Ravno. How are they going to fit in the Ghana times? Mm-hmm. And good old developer justin Achille looked around the room and saw there were zero fucks to give right I, like i have to look at it like that from from that perspective too because as a clan previous to this they didn't really add anything to the game like i don't i don't see how they added anything right they were annoying they were troublemakers and their discipline was sort of difficult to pin down from like a power perspective it's like a mage sphere without all the detail. I'm using that very specifically to point out that it, when you have the power of illusion, but you have no real basis of like structure, it's it's very difficult. When I looked at it, you know, Chimera Street, I did a hard look, right? At what they had from the first on up mm-hmm. to revise. And it seems like at first they had all these wild and crazy ideas of what it could do. And then they're like, well, here's some structure, some more sound rules that balance it out. And I really think they did a good job at balancing out. Right. I think the hard part was when they said, all right, Auspix can defeat Chimera Street. Yeah. Just like it defeats up Fuskit. And I'm like, well, that makes sense because it's illusion. Right. It's not real. Not until you get to the elder level shit. Right. So what's what's hard? And I think it comes back to your point. Well, it's just like Spheres. If you're not creative enough to use the the random anything goes creativity of your own mind, which is pivotal for that power. Right. Then you as the player are fucked. Now, I, I would say that all of those things put together all of those things that annoy the shit out of me. Chapter two is literally called On the Art of Being Ravnos, right? It's literally more so than any other clan book. It is like, these are some steps you can follow to make your portrayal of this clan interesting and unique and creative. And I've not seen this in any other clan book where they were like, literally, hold up, pump the brakes. This is how you play this clan. That's just not in any of the other clan books. It's all, you know, you can read and sort of understand by inferring. Here, they don't even fuck around with that. They're just like, here's some steps, figure it out. Otherwise, just don't play the fucking clan. Right. And it's it needs it. You right. know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Because if you don't understand the culture where that comes from. Right. right. I, I, and I, I fully back it, right? Yeah. You have all these unique disciplines. Chimera, she came from somewhere, and it did. 
It came from a land where illusion was a common theme for most of their villains. Right. The trickster plays a huge role, and you're allegedly descended from the thousand demons that were all around the area. Yeah, you got to know how to use your brain. Right. If you're not witty, guess what? You're going to have a rough time with Chimera Street. Yeah. It's just that simple. And every step, you know, work with your storyteller to understand how the method goes. But once that's done, don't look to your storyteller every time you want to use your power and be like, you tell me how to use it. Right. Because it doesn't work that way. Right. And now this chapter, not to like overly fluff it up, like it has a lot of the same things that the other, the second chapter in a lot of the clan books has, you know, the, the perspective that the clan has of those outside of it the disciplines and you know all the you know fun stuff there but it delves deeply into just like the role play aspect the where where the character's from um and and you know all of the really important things and this was the part that i found to be the most inspiring where i was like oh man you know maybe i could get some enjoyment out of playing this clan because here's some some very interesting strategies for me as a player to uh, apply to this clan. Yeah, I think I think in that regard they did a pretty decent job. I'm I'm just trying to I'm trying to articulate that I think that as a whole I think this clan is kind of shit, but I think they did a fairly good job of trying to make it less shit with this book, right? This to me this book makes this clan somewhat possibly to be entertaining. And I think I, I agree with you, and I really do feel that it's a, it is entertaining. Here's what it is: you're not going to find the entertainment if you don't do the work to realize where it comes from. Yeah, you hear me say that like a broken record, but it's it's the damn truth, right? Top to bottom, you know, if you know and get what they're referring to in these books came from somewhere, go go. We got the World Wide Web, right? Right. Take five minutes, look it up, and reference terms and what have you, and and kind of groove and join with what you're reading. Right. And see if it's for you. Now, that being the case, this book is the one of the ones that you almost have to <laughs> to kind of get how it works. Because if you don't understand the Indian caste system in real life, yeah. you're not going to get why they're so hard nosed from cast to cast. No. And in the Ravno clan book, they have cast to cast systems as well. Right. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And they're, they're based from somewhere. So that kind of breathes life back into the book. You know what I mean? Be, or into the clan, because before there wasn't a cast system, it was your Shilmulo. Right. You know, trick people <laughs> right. and get on right. carriage and they, how other stereotypically racist can we be against you know, the Raman? Absolutely. And and they address that in this book where they're like, hey, you know, these these uh, these Ravnos like jumped into the Roma people's lives and they went and did a bunch of terrible shit. And, um, you know, they're not completely to blame for the reputation, but like they're big into that blame. And then they they make an example and they're like if there was a blood sucking creature who traveled at night and ate your people um how do you think you would respond and uh <laughs> like so, so they kind of like do away with that that whole like you know i mean we've we've talked about it already let's not get blue in the face but it's just it's kind of it was kind of a crummy concept to begin with and crummy was turned into offensive and so the the developers were like, how do we make this less offensive? And they tried very hard. I, I think that they did as best a job as they could without completely eliminating the clan, which they also kind of did. That's a fair assessment. I, I mean, looking at it that way, it works. I didn't find this book offensive. No, not, no, not at all. I mean, I, I also, I don't feel like I have any room to be offended. But to me, they did exactly what they should have done, which is handle a culture 
properly without being offensive and without being stereotypical and also give you the option as a storyteller to be like, look, we killed him off. It's cool. Right. <laughs> there, I'm telling you, there, there are so many links in the revised to like changeling that they try to do to make the Ravno that, you know, something that didn't make sense. And here they fix that and give you something else to bite into. For instance, they have a section where they mention Indian mass embraces mm-hmm. where they do Sabbat style mass embrace. Right. And they even go into as to why. And they mention the Cathayans. And I believe it's the first clan book. It is the first clan book that mentions them. And it's because they're in India as well. And they're warring with them over... Ter- they don't even understand why they're warring. It's just the Cathayans are systematically hunting them down. Well, you know, trying to end them. What I, what I understood was that the Ravnos exist specifically to hunt down the Kwaijin and kill them. Like, that's what they think that their holy mission is. They're the demons that hunt the demons, and the demons are the the Kwaijin. I completely didn't get that point. <laughs> totally fair. <laughs> Do we have anything else to to throw out to players about this book? Yeah, what I would say is, is us doing the review. I mean, like I said, I've read this book before. I've had Ravno players and games and all that fun stuff. Mm-hmm. And this book is one I had them read to kind of get an idea of their of the where they come from and sort of make it fun for them. Right. Here's the thing. This book is worthwhile to own from the Ravno angle. If you're going to be bold enough to play one, absolutely get it. So you have something to talk about because mm-hmm. the common problem with Ravno is they were dry right. from only coming from a gypsy angle. It's like, well, what are you going to do? But this one gives you wealth of options right. you know options are always good when making a background tons of stuff here and you know there's even a purpose right and that purpose now works well with the path of paradox you know that they have laid out and they still kept the old one too like they didn't do away with it right but they tell you that there's a real version right and v20 even updates that further uh that goes real nice with this revised book overall what do they call it path of false paradox <laughs> right overall what we know is is that the concept and why we're not going to dive into path of paradox because that's for a path podcast right it'll make it'll make more sense for it but uh right here in this book you have everything you need including new templates that go real nice with the idea but understand that the week of nightmares right now is canon and because it's canon there's like maybe a hundred left right you know that's that's what it is the author the in-game author says it's probably accurate yeah with a number 100 and that's that's choice right because to understand that is to get that you may not be even the bloodline you think you are anymore there's just not enough of you right right exactly you know there's there's no real elders that anybody knows about uh except for durgason that's about it and apparently durgason ain't talking so and would you if the founder of your clan woke up and sent nightmares through your entire bloodline and caused you to eat each other i probably wouldn't either yeah i'd skip it (laughs) <laughs> yeah, they also briefly kind of mentioned the fact that all the mass embracing and all the death of this clan is what like drove this entity from its slumber to wake up and like walk out of the battlefield and start fucking shit up. And that's also from what I understand, it's kind of like conceptually where they plan on going with V5 with the cyclical Gehenna. Now we're speculating. We don't know for sure, but that's kind of, I, from what I understand, they're kind of taking that mentality further in the game, but we'll, we'll find out when that comes out. Ravnos clan book. Um, good. It's a good book. This is my opinion. It's a good book for a shit clan. I think what you're hearing everybody is that here at UML, Every book so far we've grooved with, we've digested it well, we understood it, we were confident in the terminology, we're willing to step in the bat and debate whatever you like over it. Mm-hmm. This book, Riffion, because right. 
one, it is complex because of the terminology. It is a lot of work to get to know that culture and where it came from to thus make it something digestible. And the the company gives a very feel of fuck them. Like, yeah. don't even care about them because we're writing them. This is their swan song. Right, absolutely. absolutely. As, as, if, as if this book was meant as a footnote to those who enjoyed it. Thanks for so long and thanks for all the fish. Right. It is a property that we own, and so we're going to put out a book for it. And, you know, we're going to give it its due, but at the same time, we're letting you know that we don't give a half a shit about this clan and you know us the reviewers um i i think that it's it makes me feel like i've been drugged into something that i didn't necessarily want to be drugged into and i didn't need to be because it's a fruitless endeavor because this clan's fucking they're done for anyways um now would you, would you say your opinion changed a bit though because of this claim well here i'll state this i feel before i was like fuck ravno now after reading this revised again for the second time and looking at it from a review perspective instead of a st approval perspective i'm like yeah they can work really sucks their antediluvian died and there's only a hundred of them though um to me it has in, it's done its job because it inspired me to go i want to I want to make something out of that clan and play an interesting character, right? And that's really what this is supposed to do. It's supposed to inspire you to play something from this clan that you you can make entertaining, right? And that's, in that regard, it's a good clan book. In all other regards, it's a shit clan. I don't care about them. They're my least favorite. I, I would rather play a caitiff. I'd rather, I'd rather you throw eggs at me than, than read this clan book again. But... It's not the worst thing I've ever read. I say, I'd rather you pelt me with food than play this clan. But also, that's not totally true, right? I'm, I'm of mixed emotions. That's the truth of it. On one hand, I want to play one. On the other hand, I don't. I like to say that we've matured to a point, and uh, I say this with a big heart. I think we matured to a point where we're open to try anything before f- officially putting a nail in its coffin. Right, absolutely. And that's what this revised book did. It opened that door to say, you know what? Let's give it a shot. And I'm certain there are fans out there of us who are like, oh, thank God, one clan that they don't like. They're not fully saying, you know, abandoned ship. Uh, on the other end, I have reservations because, remember, it comes from a legacy of just people not understanding what their powers do or why they even have them. And it's a, it's a big contention point for me. Uh, they have noticed a lot of questions where I asked some fans about how and why these disciplines were for certain vampires. Clan Ravno, Chimeristry, opens up an easier explanation but also a longer discussion because undoubtedly, if you don't know why illusory magic was made uh, for a lot of the villains and stories and, you know, in myth, then shit, I got to explain why a vampire would have it. Right. Right. And then like, you know, why Ravno, they wrote for them to have it. And if you haven't read all that, that's just basically, you know, start paying us for the tutoring fee to sit down (laughs) and make you like something, you know? Right. Let's get into what are we doing next week. Next week, we are reviewing Midnight Siege. So I think we're going to get into some real meat and potatoes of what this, uh, what this game is in the, like, in the final nights and the war between the Camarilla and the Sabbat. And uh, it is a book that I enjoy immensely. I don't know about you, Bob. The book is badass because if you're a player, you'll be bored to tears because players never give a shit. If you're an ST... It's great to see how the Camarilla and the Sabbat will never beat each other. Right. Right. They're opposites of the coin, and it's great to read how to do it. It also gives you insight that if I'm a player trying to be neutral, how do I survive? Right. Absolutely. In that type of environment. So it's it's cool for that as well. 
Well, um, that'll be about it. Thank you guys for listening. Join us next week, Midnight Siege. If you uh, follow us on Patreon, we're going to have a Path podcast coming up, and it's going to be on the Path of Night, so look forward to that. Otherwise, thanks guys for listening. I'm Nate. And I'm Bob, and just in case this is the last time any of you hear from me, because I will be heading to Stonehenge, I want to let you know it's been great. <laughs> I love you all, and thanks for listening. <laughs> okay.